Exploring the impact of sports. Welcome, Welcome to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Having conversations and hearing personal stories from those who have been impacted, built, and inspired by the role of sports in their lives. Here's your host, Richmond Weaver. This is episode 91. Thanks for being an investor by investing your time to listen. Consistency in life can be a cornerstone for success. And our guest this episode, Morgan Cox, has been focused on consistency his whole career. Currently, as a member of the Baltimore Ravens, you might not see his name in the stat sheet each game, but his role as a starting long snapper in the NFL is one that is extremely valuable. Morgan, who had earned the job with the Ravens as an undrafted free agent in 2010 after he graduated from the University of Tennessee, where he earned a scholarship after walking on his freshman year. He would help the Ravens win Super Bowl 47 over the San Francisco 49ers before being named to the 2015 and 2016 Pro Bowl teams. And you can often see him with teammates punter Sam Cook and kicker Justin Tucker as the trio is simply known as the Wolfpack. Here's episode 91 with Morgan Cox. Well, Morgan, thank you so much. Absolutely. I greatly appreciate the opportunity sitting down and having you share a little bit more about your journey. Obviously, nine years in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I mean, are there times that you just have to reflect back and think, I've been in the NFL for nine years. I mean, how did this happen? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's, I mean, sometimes walking in this building, uh, you know, I, I kind of look around and I'm like, what am I doing here? You know? So, you know, we just had, we had Thanksgiving and, you know, you reflect on what you're thankful for in life and uh, obviously having family, but just having an opportunity to do what I love and uh, play a game for a living, you know, is, is one thing that... <laughs> Uh, I get to, I do take for granted a little too often. So <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. I, and I've always been curious about that. When you say play a game for a living, mm-hmm. I mean, this is your job. Yes. But are there days when, as other normal people, that you feel, man, I just don't feel like going to the stadium today. I don't feel like going to work, even it, though it's playing a game. It's definitely, a, there's definitely battles. Um, it's not. It doesn't quite get to that level. Um, I think when, when it does, then I know that it, <laughs> maybe it is time to move on a little bit. But no, I mean, I go back home, and it's not quite. When I say play a game, it's not quite like you know, let's go out in the backyard and play a little touch, or even you know, pee wee or, or high school football a game like that. I mean, kind of like you said, it is a job. I get paid for it, so there's an expectation of uh, performance, excellence, kind of thing um, out of myself and. Uh, when when you have been doing it as long as I have, there's there's personal expectations as well as far as I want to I know how good I can be and know how I can perform and so I want to achieve that level of performance each time and so uh, I I try and remind myself that it is a game that I'm playing a game but at the same time there are there are mental and physical battles. Um, I mean, each week I get a massage, you know, just <laughs> to be able to keep the body going right. You know, a so, lot of people are going to be jealous about that. Yeah, they do. But you know, it's not, uh, it's not what we call the, 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 the foo-foo massage. It's, I'm, it's a, it's half workout while I'm it's going deep therapeutic. Yes, it's v- very deep. So, but, uh, no, it, it's good. I, I still remember that it's a game and, and acknowledge that, but there are definitely additional pressures that go along with it. And what about, are there times where, 
you have to tell people, uh, seriously, I'm Super Bowl champion with the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> uh, I don't quite throw that out there, you, you know, uh, unless I'm like got pulled over for a speeding ticket or something. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but I mean, it's definitely cool to have to have achieved a lot. You know, my my dreams very early on. Um, I say that uh, with an asterisk. Like I, I always had a dream of having a family and and being a dad, um, and so I, I've I'm. Just started that too, almost uh, or as a year and a half ago. Daniel was born March twenty uh, eighth, and uh, I've got another one due in April. Congratulations! And I get to you know, like I said, live out my dream. So uh, winning the winning the Super Bowl early on, making a couple of Pro Bowls was amazing. But you know, I still feel like I've got a lot of life left to go and a lot of dreams and goals to achieve. So how did this whole journey begin for you as a long snapper, sure. where, what you're doing right now? Tell yeah. us <laughs> the beginnings of not only just how you became a long snapper, but just getting involved in sports and gravitating towards sports. Uh, when I was really young, I, I, I was we were kind of a sports household. My parents loved sports. They didn't really, my dad didn't grow up playing a bunch of sports uh, when he was younger, but my grandfather was really into sports. He was a huge Memphis Tigers fan, and he was the guy that was sitting in his seat until the zeros were all the way across the uh, scoreboard. So, um, you know, we, we just grew up loving sports. And so when I went out to, uh, we went out, when I went out to, for sports, for baseball, t-ball and stuff, I started that at a very early age. I quickly learned that it was something that, that I could be involved with and and have friends with and, and develop relationships. And so I would say I, I developed a very early appreciation for being involved and being involved in activities. And then uh, as far as long snapping goes, I, I, I do love telling the story. I, I was showed up for my first football practice and uh, you know, I put my jock strap on wrong and all this stuff. It was, you know, it was and awkward. I didn't you? know I was fifth grade or okay. so. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know how to put on my pads or everything. I was, I rode over to, to the uh, practice with my, you know, my mom, my sister with my pads on, you know, I'd um, walked up to practice and we had, you know, I don't know, probably 15 or 16 kids out there for, you know, this first practice wasn't even, we couldn't even scrimmage each other, you know, but uh, we lined up because uh, every team needs a long snapper. And so we lined up. Coach uh, gave everybody a shot at it. And I wasn't very good at it at first. But uh, my dad just happened to show up at practice. Um, you know, he just wanted to, you know. Oh, he wanted be to be dad there. He's be there. Be a supportive yeah. dad, and, of course. And I, which I plan on being too. But he was there and pulled me aside. Well, you know, you want to try it again? I was like, yeah, sure. And so I tried it again and I did a little better at it and I guess nobody else was doing that well at it. So, uh, I got the nod for, it was for by default, by default, I, you know, I got it. And then, uh, from that point on, you know, every season I started in training camp, the coach would, you know, huddle everybody up and say, Hey, uh, can anybody long snap? And I'd, you know, I'd be like, well, I did it last year. So, <laughs> so I can try. And then, uh, you know, I got better at it by, you know, just doing it every year. So it, it was, and then, I mean, fast forward without going into too many details, uh, my dad had some connections to some um, college long snappers, some pro long snappers, and I got some lessons along the way, some people that helped me, and um, I just kind of yeah. So how much it. is this technique-wise in terms of being a good long snapper? Mm -hmm. 
It was, it's funny how many different ways there are to long snap. You know, it's like a golf swing uh, is what a lot of the specialists, you know, we, the kickers and punters and snappers, we all talk about golf swings, how, how much different a golf swing can be from one person to the next. Um, uh, so, you know, to relate that to what we do, we say, you know, there's at a certain point, everything has to happen the same way, but how you get there is kind of up to you. You know, there are certain guidelines and things you can do to be better at it. But for the most part, you know, you've got to make it your own. And that's kind of, that was always my approach. You know, like I said, I, I took a couple lessons, um, from, from guys that were really just generous with their time, showed me how they did it. And I, when I got to university of Tennessee, watched how the older guys did it. Um, and then I watched, I knew I was going to have to protect, um, you know, block, uh, yeah, and that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother yeah. into this thing. And, and when you realize you have to do it, 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 it become the snap in itself changes as well. I mean, you can't just fully commit to snapping the ball. You have to be ready to block the guy, you know, trying to get to the point where you just sent the ball. And so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would just say it was, it was learning from other people along the way, you know, you put your hand a certain way and then, then it became, well, I was struggling here. I was not throwing a good spiral or I wasn't throwing it fast enough. And so then you know, I got advice from people and, and it just, it kind of came together. And even since I've been in the league, it's, uh, I mean, the, the most minute details uh, that, that most people don't know about, you know, begin to take, take hold. Uh, because on, as, as you may know, but some, some others may not know, uh, on a field goal snap, the laces will, are supposed to be out. They're supposed to be towards the field goal post. Laces so, out. That's laces what we always out. hear. Yes. From the Ace Ventura movie. <laughs> laces out, Dan. Um, that's actually technically the snapper's responsibility in a, on a field goal. Um, the way we snap it, the ball is supposed to spin the same number of times. And then when the holder catches it, um, the laces will hit his fingers. And he just, all he has to do is just set it down. It's and, that precise. And it's that precise. And, and, we, and we will, we practice it a lot. And, and that's why... You know, I think uh, Sam and I have been uh, as good as we have because we've been together for nine years. And so, I mean, it's I mean, when we come back in training camp, it's it's picking up right where we left off, you know, versus, uh, you know, you go to another another team or if I'm practicing in the offseason, things are a little bit different, you know, and you can adjust, you know, within one session. But it's uh, but it's definitely nice to have a guy that 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 I've been working with for nine years. Yeah, And so sure. what is this bond that you have with Sam and also kicker, Justin Tucker, uh-huh. this wolf pack? So What's this bond. So <laughs> J- Justin showed up on the scene, um, about seven years ago, seven seasons ago. Uh, and he was, he was kicking really well. We made a few game winners and he dubbed us the wolf pack <laughs> and Sam and I being the less charismatic, uh, of the three, just kind of rolled our eyes, not thinking, it, you know, thinking it was a joke and stuff. And well, then all, all of a sudden, you know, Justin continues to kick well, as as we all know. And the name has just kind of has stuck with us. And those have got and, a life of its own now, right? It has, and, and there have been other specialist units that have, you know, tried to come up with one and stuff. And it just, <laughs> you know, one reason or another doesn't stick, or you know, that kind of thing. So, but we do. We have, we spend a lot of time together, uh, as as most people around this facility know. Um, because we often, or Sam and I often get mistaken for each other, even within the own faci- our own facility. Even here. People that have known us for, <laughs> you know, Sam's been here 13 years and I've been here nine. And so they say, Hey Sam, I'm like, 
I'm, I'm Morgan, you know, <laughs> and, uh, but I think it just goes to, you know, we're, we're together all the time. You're one in so the same. We, we are. So. That's right. And now you mentioned you know, dreams and you had a dream of having a family. So obviously you had some type of sports dream mm-hmm. as well as you were growing up. So when did it become this dream that you wanted to play in the NFL and thought that mm-hmm. you might actually have an opportunity to pursue realistically pursue a goal mm-hmm. like that. Realistically um, is the kind of the key word there. Cause when I was in high school, I wasn't a really good athlete. I, I was a center. I didn't actually play offensive line until I was a senior. Uh, even at a small private school, I was a long snapper my junior year, but I didn't actually make it, you know, as, as the guys in the locker room like to remind me the real football <laughs> positions until I was a senior. And, uh, I was a late, uh, late developer and really it just, it just kind of took a while for, for my, me to grow in my body. I was tall, but I wasn't filled out. And, um, and so honestly, like next level sports, like, like D1 uh, sports, even the NFL was just such a far away dream um, that I'm, I'm not really, I'm not a tattoo guy, but I, I told one of my friends, I remember telling my friends when I was in high school that uh, if I ever won the Super Bowl, I'd get a, I'd get a tattoo and here I've won the Super <laughs> Bowl and I still don't have any tattoos. Oh, wait, wait no, no tattoos. No, come on now. I did, you not got feel, to fulfill. I did not fulfill my end of the bargain, but, uh, <laughs> but that, that just kind of goes to illustrate, like I wasn't really thinking that way. And then yeah, it was so far fetched. It was so far fetched. And then, um, kind of what I said before, I, I worked at it and worked at it through the years that eventually I got better. And I went to a Tennessee camp where, again, I was just still trying to get better just so I could be good for my high school team. And one of the coaches happened to notice me. I know this now, but most of those camps are recruiting camps. They're not even like – they don't even have, like, I mean, a true coaching mindset. They really want to just come and watch you and see if you can play. Um, sorry to ruin that for, like, some of the, you know, the, <laughs> the colleges out there but um, or the kids out there. But, you know, it is. It's, it's a recruiting trip, and, and so – uh, sure enough, I, I got a call. We got a voicemail, and, and my parents still have it to this day. Um, of the coach that called and said, "Morgan, we, you know, this is Coach Wade. And, you know, we'd like for you to come up and and uh, and walk on with ten- at Tennessee next year." And I was like, so blown away. And I was not on anybody's radar. I was not like a highly recruited long snapper. Even like it, it just wasn't on my radar to play. As a long snapper, you had to be on cloud nine. Yeah, just and to so get I was, yeah, and, and I, you know, and, and I was excited about it, and I was uh, fired up, and I think a lot of high school, you know, my high school schoolmates like didn't even expect it. I mean, they, I was kind of like, oh, Morgan will he won't actually play. I mean, he might he might get on the team, but like he's not actually going to play for him and stuff. So. Um, and now, were you a fan of Tennessee at all? I was a huge fan. I was going to Tennessee regardless. Regardless, I wanted to go to school there, and so. This was kind of like cherry and gravy and, you know, whatever else. Other toppings. everything. That's right. Yeah, all in one. Um, so I was, I mean, I was fired up to, to be there. And then once I got to Tennessee, I realized really quickly how good I had to be because on one of the first few practices, we coach lined all seven of the extra long snappers. Like, so we had two starters, one for punt, one for field goal, but then we had like seven other guys on the squad that, um, he lined up and he said, all right, we're going to keep two of y'all. And so I was like, oh my gosh, you know, so I snapped well enough to stay on the team and, um, kind of what I said before, I watched the older guys and, and 
one of them, like I said, specialized on the on the field goal snaps, and he is the first one that I learned the laces out from. That's that's where I really learned. Okay, this is my job. That's where I got to go. You know, in order to play for Tennessee. And then the other one was kind of a, a punt specialist. He was really good at protecting. He was an offensive lineman, and he taught me the the nuances of of protecting and making sure the snap is good before you set and all that. I mean, all the little all the little things, but. It wasn't in, and the realistic side doesn't come in until really my junior year. I saw the guy that had, that had snapped for punts before he had a shot at the NFL, and I was like, "Well, I mean, I, I'm still playing for Tennessee. I could be as good as him, and I could get a shot at it." And so I really started focusing on, you know, what, how big I needed to be, how strong I needed to be, what my snap needed to look like, and then from there, it was I needed to put get good film out there for my senior year and I got I got the call for the senior bowl and um, got to play in that and I knew going into the senior bowl I was like I don't care if my arms fall off I'm gonna snap as much as possible I'm never gonna get 32 teams you know all sitting in one area because I wasn't going to combine all these teams were sitting right in front of me with my pads on cleats on playing in a game and so I was I was fired up about it took the um, took the opportunity to, you know, show my skills. And I had three, uh, three coaches talk to me that day. Um, special teams coaches talked to me that day, coach Rossberg, and then two others. But, um, I really have, uh, been fortunate to stay with, with this club and, and th- these coaches for, for that long. So yeah. and when you mentioned cool. that you snapped well enough mm-hmm. to make the team, and then you start seeing that this guy has an opportunity in the NFL. I think I can make it in the NFL based on your abilities. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean when you say I snapped well enough? Because I mean, how are they deciding between sure. all of these different long snappers out there? It's, it's consistency it, for me. Um, I've watched a lot of people over the years, you know, they'll snap one time and I'm like, man, he's pretty good. You know, he throws the ball pretty hard. You know, the spiral's really good. You know, he's, he's a big dude whatever but then you then you start looking at the body of work over you know 100 snaps 1000 snaps whatever it is you know what is what do your charts look like uh, so to speak you know where are your misses like way out here are you still able to get the punt off or is it just kind of a rhythm thing or is it you know is it a small slide step is your miss you know um so when i say do you snap well enough is is kind of like what what is your miss what how bad is your your worst going to be, and can we still play with that? Um, is the way that I truly evaluate because everybody can, you know, find you know one snap where it's just dead middle, perfect. But um, you know, I think it takes you know somebody special to be able to do it over and over and over and over and over again. Well, I imagine there's also got to be an aspect of going back to this golf swing Absolutely. aspect that. Mm-hmm. It's one thing when you're out there on the driving range. Mm-hmm. It's another thing when you're in the oh, middle yeah. of the game, I mean, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I've been a PGA Tour golfer, you know, for one swing or two, you know. <laughs> but as soon as I, you know, get off the first tee, I know that I'm not a PGA Tour golfer, you know. So um, I, it's, I, I can again, go back in, to that, yeah. you know, comparison. So. In live action, mm-hmm. it's got to be completely different than you're just sit on sure, the sidelines sure. just practicing snapping. And, and there's another separation is, you know, it, it, you can do it in shorts. Can you do it in pads? Can you do it in pads? Can you do it with a 275-pound linebacker coming at you, you know, 
who's, you know, significantly stronger <laughs> than you are. So, um, but it's, but it's great. I, and I love how it. often are guys barking at you, yelling at you, or mm-hmm. when you're out there getting ready to snap? I mean, I can think of as, as recently as last, or yesterday, you know, there, um, we came, came out on the field and, um, I guess they had, the Raiders had done their job as far as scouting us and listening to the TV copies or something where they got, uh, some of our calls. And so they were calling out some of our, some of our calls to us. And so, you know, there's an aspect of like, Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> they know exactly what we're <laughs> they doing. They know what's happening. Yeah. So, um, so there's, you know, there's a lot of that going on, but it's still, you still got to go and do your job. Then what was that moment like the, when you get the opportunity with the Ravens? Did they offer you the opportunity to come try out or what was that process like? So technically my tryout was the senior bowl. Like I said, I had those, I had 32 teams staring, uh, at practice for six days and then the game. Um, and coach Rossberg had, um, it kind of interviewed me and kind of, kind of gone through that process and what they, what they expect. And, and we got to know each other a little bit and, uh, I knew I really, I really liked him and, and he called me on draft day and said, you know, we'd like for you to come play for us, compete for a position. And so I knew they had a, at the time they had a, a seven year veteran, uh, in Makatula and, you know, I just knew that it was an opportunity that I could come in, at least compete for it. And uh, I got here, and I loved the organization. I loved just, I mean, being around this atmosphere and everything. And I got to compete and um, did my best. And I knew Matt was going to do his best. And Matt and I are still good friends to this day. But uh, it's it's been an awesome experience ever since. Yeah. What was it like your first day that you're actually on the team, mm-hmm. but you're a rookie and sure walking around with some of the Great Ray Lewis. I mean, yes, some of the, Ed exactly. Reed, you know, Lodi Nada, all those guys. Uh, no, I, I remember my first, first day driving up to the castle is what we call our facility, uh, because it really looks like a castle. I mean, we drove up on it and I was like, well, when are we going to go to the football locker room? When, you know, this doesn't look like a, <laughs> like a football facility, but, uh, sure enough, uh, I walk in and I remember walking up the stairs, um, in the, in the hallway, in the front hallway and, seeing the, the Super Bowl champions thing and walked up into, I guess I've actually never been there since then, but the, I guess it's like a draft room or something. And we all had to like do some paperwork, but then I went down to the locker room. Here's, you know, Ray Lewis and Joe Flacco and, you know, Ray Rice and like all these guys that are such big names in football already. Yes. And, you know, Michael Orr, um, who I'd played against in high school and a little bit in college. Um, I saw him walked in and he, you know, welcomed me and all that stuff. That was, that was a pretty awesome experience, but, um, I've gotten to, you know, even be good friends with those guys to this day. And so it's, it's an amazing ride. Of course. Yeah. And then going back to your days at Tennessee, I've never been to Neyland stadium. Mm-hmm. That's one of the places that I definitely want to go definitely to should, yeah. as a yeah. Clemson grad. Yeah. I'm always cool, but it is. You, know, I, you know, that's what I keep hearing. Yeah, so. so what was that experience? Like, it was. Gr- Do you have a most memorable game, loudest yeah. you've ever heard? No, I mean we. As far as a most memorable game, I would say our Florida games, our Alabama games were the most memorable. The first time running out, running out of the tee, you know, it's just a sea of orange is is basically the best way to describe it. Um, I would say probably one of my my first game winner um, was against uh, South Carolina, and we had a. I think we had like an off. It was like an offsides penalty or something, and we had to back up or, or, or false start penalty, and we had to back up five yards. And 
Um, we had to hit a 47-yard field goal to win the game. And, I mean, just the I mean, eruption after we hit the Euphoria. field goal. It was unbelievable. But, I mean, there, there's really no other experience like it to me. I mean, Were there times where you couldn't hear out there? So the times that I couldn't hear um, were usually when I was on the sidelines because when we're at home – you know, everything's pretty quiet. You know, right. they, want to give, they want to give you the best opportunity that you can, uh, that you can have in order to, you know, you know bake the field goal or, or whatever you need to do. Um, but I will say the loudest um, experience I've ever had was in the SEC championship against LSU. I mean, we probably had Tennessee fans, probably 70% of the stadium and LSU fans made up about 30%. And uh, somehow on a punt, just on a regular punt, you know, I look back at my guy and I'm like, I can't hear you like they're screaming. <laughs> and so I ended up just having to go on, you know, body language basically. And, you know, it was, that was a really cool experience because, you know, SEC championship like that, when it growing up in the South, like that was, that was everything, uh, you know, I mean, NFL, NFL football is big, but it's nothing near uh, SEC football, you know, for whatever reason at the, at the time. So uh, being able to be a part of that was was an awesome experience. What about the difference between NFL playing and playing in the SEC? Because the there's a lot of people that talk about, oh, well, a team like Alabama, mm-hmm. they could actually beat an NFL team. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's fun to talk about. It's always fun to, you know, say, you know, well, they've had all these NFL, but it's, it's a totally different mindset. Um, I would say, I usually tell people that the jump from high school to college is physical and the jump from college to NFL is mental the depth of knowledge you have to have for the game is even on a even on a punt or a field goal is is just next level so like what's an example then um protection schemes uh in punt um I never remember thinking about anything as far as punt protection in college I mean it just kind of all seemed like it just happened you know we just called it and it and it happened and there weren't complicated schemes where guys were twisting back and forth but I mean my first day here we're practicing what we call go backs where where the guy just to my right if I get called to go block right this guy crosses my face immediately as I snap the ball and I have to have my head up fast enough in order to recognize it and then have good enough reaction time to cross face and and block him get him out of the way of the punt um never had had a had that even <laughs> crossed my mind in college so um, did it take you a while to it, learn all of that or i mean like i said you you, you if you want to make it you, you learn it quick and so your learning curve is is really quick at the in the nfl because you know there's guys that have been playing the game for 16 years um and then there's guys that are rookies and they're all lining up you know, against each other, with each other, and they're all trying to get to the Super Bowl, you know, and so you better figure it out quick um, how to be most successful, um, you know, or else you'll be gone. With that type of mindset and understanding that, Mm -hmm. I mean, what is it like for you then? Is it each year there's guys coming in trying to take your job? I mean, I mean, each year, each game, every week, you know, I mean, it's a quick search on, on the internet. Can, you can find guys that are posting YouTube videos of, you know, practicing long snapping, trying to be, trying to make it in the NFL. Um, so yeah, definitely from year to year, you know, we have competition in here. And so, 
being ready for that, just being at my best at all times. Uh, you know, that's something I had, I learned quickly when I got here. Um, Sam Cook, who's a good friend, you know, taught me early on that, you know, every single rep matters. Don't take one single rep off or as soon as you do, you know, somebody's going to be, you know, trying to jump ahead of you. Now, we talked a little bit just about being a Super Bowl champion. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like? I know probably people ask you that all the time. But sure. is there something that's just so memorable about mm-hmm. the Super Bowl other than the outage <laughs> when the power went out? Well, I, I usually do kind of pick that to be the memorable thing, not because of the outage, but just because um, I... <laughs> During the outage, we went out onto the field, Sam, Justin, and I went out on the field and just started playing catch. And I remember just like catching the ball and I'm like looking around, I'm like, I'm at the freaking Super Bowl, like <laughs> just in a, in a disbelief state, you know, whether, the, the, you know, we're halfway through the game, whether that's a good thing or not, I don't know. But like I did kind of get to take time and, and recognize where I and was. really appreciate it. You know, and, and moments later I saw, um, Ray Lewis come out of the corner of my eye and I knew it was his last game. Everybody knew that it was his last game. And, um, obviously we're playing, you know, we're playing for him to go out on the highest note. And he walks up next to me and wants to, you know, play catch, you know, him catch the ball, toss it to me and I toss it back to those guys. And then two camera crews come walk up filming Ray. And I know that I'm on, on camera as well. So I'm like, all right, I got to make this look good. That's right. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I, I, we, there's some video, um, out there of, of me and Ray playing catch, you know, from the Super Bowl and what was it? A hundred and it was like 110 million people watching the Super Bowl. So, I mean, just little stuff like that is, it's, you know, the reason we do what we do. How nervous were you getting in that game though? I would say uh, prior to the game, there's definitely some nerves leading up to it, which, you know, depending on who you ask, can be a good or bad thing. I personally think of it as a good thing. It means you're ready to play. If you're not getting nerves, if you're not excited about it, um, then then you don't really have any business playing. Uh, you, you've reached the pinnacle of sports in, in some regards. And so uh, I definitely came into the game understanding the, the gravity of the situation. Yeah. But... Uh, once the once kickoff happened, it's like, oh, it's just another game. Does it feel? Does it seriously feel like another game? It, it is. It's, it's strange how that that happens. I mean, when the game starts, yes. Now, in our particular game, I remember the 49ers were down by five, and there's not a whole lot of time left in the game, and they had the ball first and five from the five yard line, first and goal from the five yard line. And I remember thinking, we've never not gone back down the field and had an opportunity for a field goal. Whether No matter how long it was, I knew we were going to try and kick a field goal because we had Justin, and he wasn't quite Justin Tucker as he is today, but he, everybody knew that we were going to get an opportunity to kick a field goal, and I you know, was going to snap it. And so, <laughs> uh, so I remember thinking, all right, you better be ready for this. And so like... <laughs> You know, nerves are starting to build up and stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing breathing exercises. Say, how and, do you calm yourself down? Yeah. I mean, you just, you kind of think about, um, you know, think about the moment that you're in and not, you know, get overwhelmed by what could happen or anything like that. You just think, you know, take a deep breath. You know, you've been doing this in your entire life and 
I come to find out now, and Justin and I love to talk about it, how, how deep we were breathing at that. We were both breathing at that time. We were on separate ends of the field. I was watching on one end. He was on the other. But um, we, were, we were both just going, you know, because we, we just knew what was probably going to happen. Uh, we broke up the pass on fourth and five. They didn't score. And um, people always ask me how nervous I was for the, for the punt. Um, then we, we got the ball back and ended up having a punt, and we took a safety in order to be able to kick the ball off further and hopefully wind up more clock down. And they were like, how nervous were you? I was like, compared to what I thought I was going to have to do, it was nothing. <laughs> that was easy, that punt right? was nothing. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I mean, it was just a, it was, it was cool. There's a lot of moments from there, but I'd say the, the coolest moment was, you know, playing catch and being able to recognize where I was. With a Hall of Famer. Exactly. Ray Lewis, yeah. that's right. How much input, or not, maybe not input's not the right word, but how much ability do you have to tell the refs, I want a different ball, or I don't like to feel this ball, can we get another ball, or, or do you have the ability to do that? Not really. The, the, the kicking ball, is is kind of separate from the the quarterback balls uh so uh, i think it's 40 minutes the our football our guys that that um work the balls in have about 40 minutes to get two balls each ready um one from either team and we have a particular way that we like you know the smoothness of one side versus you know some teams like a little more of the dimples and that's going into some, some really <laughs> but this detailed gets to stuff. The details. But that's right. This is the NFL. This though. is the NFL. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, we, we do like to see our football get in there, but if, you know, if it doesn't get in there, you know, we still got to make a kick. We still got to, you know, you know, hit the punt and make a tackle and stuff. So you just don't let it, you just don't let it bother you. So we'll, we'll be out of practice and we'll, I'll throw a ball in there that, that maybe Sam and Justin don't like, and they've just got to deal with it. Still got to make the kick. And, I'll get, they'll get mad at me for throwing it in there and be like, hey, sometimes it happens. So you got to be ready for it. And when certain things happen, mm -hmm. there's adversity mm -hmm. in life and obviously in careers. And you've had two of them with knee injuries, yeah. ACLs. Mm -hmm. So how was that process for you to deal with those types of situations and come sure. back? Yeah, the ACLs. I mean, I'd never had a major injury before that, um, December 26, 2010. And so it's in your mind. Oh yeah, you I know remember it, that. One. I know it really well. Um, and I had surgery about a week and a half later, and came back from that. Didn't miss any time in preseason or anything. And you know that was that was a tough. I mean, it was just all around. It's tough to describe. You know the loneliness that you feel when you get hurt and everybody else is still playing, and they bring in another guy in your position, and you know you just don't, aren't you don't have as much interaction with everybody when you're injured and so you feel like this like you well, nobody cares about me anymore completely so. disconnected right and 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 then it happened again uh earlier in the season 4 years later and so i think it was it was october 19th uh 2014 and so then i had you know i went november december where like i said i was just kind of felt like i was in this you know bubble where nobody else was cared about me. I mean, that sounds kind of sensitive and stuff, but it just, it's weird. You go from like being around a bunch of guys all, you know, all hanging out, you know, cutting up and stuff. And then you're in here six hours a day trying to get your knee right. Um, and so it's, it's just a battle every day. Got, came back from that just the same and, 
like I said, didn't, didn't, didn't miss any time from that one either. And, um, you know, I'm now I'm, I'm, I'm better education, better appreciation for healthy knees and, you know, just a healthy body. So I, I take a lot more, a lot better care probably of myself than I did when well, you get those massages, right? right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. A lot more to it than, you yes, know, the massages, of but, course. but, uh, you know, it's as we've, we, we refer to it as being a professional, you know, you yeah. got to be a pro and take care of your body and make sure it's in the best shape possible exactly. for game day. Now, was there a plan B if you weren't <laughs> able to make it as a long snapper in the NFL? Well, I, I did get, um, I got my degree in finance and, uh, and information management, and then I got my master's degree in sport management. So, you know, I, I was able to earn a scholarship in my fourth year at Tennessee. And so Tennessee paid for uh, my education. Very fortunate for that in my, in my graduate degree. Um, but I really, I don't want to say I had my sights set on the NFL, but I, I was really focused on the NFL. You were all um, in. I was, and, and that's kind of what you have to be at the time. Uh, and, you know, I saw the guy ahead of me that was still giving it a shot and stuff. And you, I know that if I had not made it, that I would gone out and, you know, and found something to um, that I'd been passionate about and, and, and be good about. And eventually I'm going to have to do that. Um, but I, I, you just have to be singularly focused if you, if you want to be realistic about making the NFL. And that's, that's kind of the approach that I took. Yeah, it seems to be that if if you have any crack mm-hmm. in your foundation from a mental aspect of making it, it's gonna be very difficult to make it in the NFL. Absolutely, and like like I said, it's the learning curve is steep, and and if you if you do have a crack, it gets exposed really quickly. Now, when you look back at your journey, and why do you love sports so much? I love sports for the same reason I said when I was younger. Um, sports gives me personally, a, a sense of community uh, of of people to be around. Uh, I get to invest in other people's lives. Me personally, it's given me opportunities that I wouldn't have had otherwise, and will continue to have going forward. Um, I think no matter what level that that you're at, it does that for that person, um, for the person that's you know alone or at home or whatever. They can go to a you know, an O's game, for example, you know, and, you know, put on an O's shirt and, you know, somebody hits a home run, they can, you know, high five with the person next to them, complete stranger. Yeah, instant friends all Instant of a friends all of a sudden. And, and then you're, you, know, you get, have a beer together or whatever, like, you know. So I just think it, for me, over the course of my career and, and my life, um, I've seen that it just brings people together. Um, or, you know, if you're going against each other, pushes them apart, you know, <laughs> house divided stuff, you know. Um, but uh, I, I just appreciate sports for, you know, what it does to people and the, and the sense of community that it gives them. And what about words of wisdom? I, mm. I love focusing on words of wisdom that you know, can help people. And it could be quotes, phrases, mottos, or just mm. life advice. Mm-hmm. What about from your standpoint? Do you have any words of wisdom that has meant a lot to you or just life advice that you'd like to share? Um, it's tough. It's tough to, I don't have a whole lot of the cliche stuff. Um, I lean a lot on personally on my faith, um, with regard to sports and life and everything. But, um, I would just say pursue what you're passionate about because that's going to carry you a lot farther. Um, I know for me, I'm really passionate about, about doing my best and, and 
whatever I do. And a lot of people ask me what I'm gonna what I'm gonna do after I play football. And as scary as the question is, I really don't know what I'm gonna do after football. But um, I think because of the lessons I've learned in sports, the lessons I've learned in this building, um, I'm gonna pursue it as hard as I can, and I I know how to desire the best for myself and my and for my family. And I think that's one thing that, that sports and, and just being in a community of people does is you learn you learn to get outside your bubble and do life differently from the from the norm. And you maybe you pick up things along the way on how to be how to be a better version of yourself. Now, what about just taking some acting classes from your wife? Yeah, that's what I, that she. I try and get her to coach me on that, but I think I'm I'm just such a lost cause that she. There's like, no help. Yeah, for there's you, no help right? for me. So, so uh, yeah, it's it's good. I do the same thing for singing too, because she's a an incredible singer, incredible actress. But um, uh, I, I'll try and sing to to Daniel occasionally, and she's like, Morgan, just stop, just stop. Just yes, stop. Like, help me. And she's ears. like, I can't help you. There's yeah. Yeah. So it's, now how did you guys meet? Uh, Lauren and I met in college. Um, we just, we had a bunch of mutual friends and, uh, we ended up meeting one night and, uh, yeah, she was I, just impressed that you were a long yeah. snapper, right? She could have <laughs> cared less about football. And I think I appreciated that a lot about her that, um, you know, that, that a lot of people give, give football players a lot of attention and, you know, I wasn't the type that really wanted to shove it in other people's faces. And so, um, I was refreshed that she could care less and, and that she still liked me you know, <laughs> outside of football. So um, I'm, I'm really just trying to keep it that way, you know. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, Morgan, thank you so much yeah. for your time. I greatly appreciate you being thank on the you. podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Enjoyed it. Being consistent also usually means that you're very aware of the finer details. And it's often those small details that can have a huge impact. And it's evident that Morgan has been passionate about pursuing not only the game of football as his career in the NFL, but also those details, those small details in order to continue to improve each day and perfect his craft because he truly understands that every single rep matters. Now that finishes episode 91. And remember, focus forward so we don't live in the past. All the best, everyone. You've been listening to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Visit richtakeonsports.com to subscribe and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rich Take Sports. Thanks for listening. 